I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 115 of the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, it's Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm currently drinking a Mike's Hard Black Cherry Lemonade, and I haven't eaten since 6.30 this morning. So this is going to be a great episode. There you go. I am having some... Riesling. That is pretty Ooh. good. So, yeah, we're all nice and lubricated for some Star Wars discussion. Lubricated, yes. A great euphemism. Well, because I'm not, I'm like, I'm not even tipsy. I've had to a glass and a half of wine, but I am relaxed. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm like, you know, when you start like feeling that and like just the inside of your body, like being calm. Like, yes. I am calmed right now by the Mike's Hard Lemonade. I can't remember last time I had one of these. I really like these. Like, I remember being like, young and being like ah when i turn 21 i can't wait to drink these mike's hard lemonades and like they're they're not bad i would i think probably the last time i had one might have been college that sounds about right i've had one since then i don't dislike them i think they are actually pretty tasty Yeah, so let's have some at Celebration. It's on me, Emily. There we go. I mean, that's a ways out, but okay. How was your weekend? Because we were recording on a Tuesday, which is unusual. Yes. Um, my weekend was good. Uh, I went to Chili's on Friday. And... On Saturday, I went to a Halloween party. Uh, it was 80s themed. So, I was in my 80s. How was that? It was fine. We went to a lot of cool breweries. But what really sucked about breweries in LA is that 
they're not accommodating of those who do not like beer. Like they don't brew ciders there. They don't have any ciders. So I was a little disappointed. But I had a good sour. I forget what it was, but I was already at the point where like it's too late for me to get drunk. So I'm just gonna watch everyone and make sure no one does anything crazy. Oh. I mean, on the one hand, that means you didn't do anything crazy, which is good. Thank God, because the last one, like, I went nuts. Like, I had, like, red lipstick on, and by the end of the night, like, I don't even know where it fucking went. Like, it was, like, all over my face, like, like fucking Pennywise, you know? (laughs) I get that reference now, because I watched both It's. Yeah. But you had a good time. Yeah, some people dressed up like the people from The Shining. I, like, got a reference from the 80s. I was so happy. That's good. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was was good. Um, How was your weekend? It was good. Friday night after work, I met up with a friend, and we took a train up to Westchester which is about an hour from the city to a theater that was doing this overnight Halloween marathon. And I met up with a couple other friends there and we watched horror movies for 12 hours. And then I got home around 10 30 or 11 in the morning and I managed to get an hour of sleep and then was pretty much up until Midnight. Wow. I, I was so tired. I had a lot of fun. I was very, 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 very tired. But it was fun. Oh. Saw a I'm couple good things. Fun. Yeah. And yeah, and just had fun like bullshitting with people and hanging out. Those are always the best time, like bullshitting with people and just watching scary movies what was the best one you watched um oh I don't even I'm trying to at this point I'm trying to remember what I watched oh um the last one one cut of the dead which is a Japanese zombie movie I'm normally not a zombie movie fan but what this one does is really interesting and if you do watch it because it's on it's on shutter and and some places but i will say if you think you're not enjoying it wait for the first half hour to end and see where the movie goes from there because it becomes a very without spoiling anything it becomes a different sort of movie and if you are like me you will enjoy the sort of movie it becomes hmm and I will say if you are going to watch it do not do not read a single thing about it because the the conceit is so cool when you have no idea it's coming damn and to say anything more of that would be very hard 
to like say anything and not spoil it, but I will highly recommend it. It was a blast. Oh. And that was even like, I was watching that started at like seven o'clock in the morning. It was the last movie of the day. And even totally exhausted, out of my mind, tired, my eyes hurt from watching so many movies. It was still utterly engaging. Was there alcohol, like, at these events? Or do you just sit in there, like, oh, where is it? Is it, like, in a theater? Is it someone's house? Like, where are you? Oh, no, it's 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 in a theater. Uh, it's a little... I think it's a three-screen theater in Pleasantville, New York, called the Jacob Burns Film Center. They do a lot of sort of artist-in-residency stuff. And they are... They're also, you know, a normal movie theater, but they do a lot of art house and and special programming it's very cool no no alcohol they had before the show starts there's sort of an hour beforehand and there's a brewery that that comes in and does things but i i didn't i didn't drink at all i just and they had you know the concession stands open all night they also because it is an all-night marathon just tell you you can bring in food if you want and just make sure it doesn't smell (laughs) You know, and don't bother other people with it. But so I had trail mix and some cliff bars and stuff. And then they had free coffee. And part of your ticket for the marathon is also two free drinks. So I had, I had some sodas during the day. But that's really cool. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times now. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Who knew that New York was like a magical little place where you can watch like marathon of movies with like your friends and you know get two free drink tickets and that's great yeah and the benefit to us recording on tuesday this week is a whole bunch of shit happened that we would not otherwise be able to talk about sidebar Let's let's jump straight into Fuck You, Chris Fresh, which is a recurring segment on our show when we express our displeasure with our friend, noted monster Chris Fresh from the Geek Dudes podcast. Yes. So today he tweeted out something to the effect of, oh, I can't wait to hear Cantabite Dispatch talk about the um, Benioff and Wise shit. And we'll get to that. But I thought, I, okay, immediately I thought it was weird to have Chris Fresh tweet out something positive about us. But I genuinely, I genuinely thought it was, oh, this is a thing because he knows I'm going to go on like some big ranch or something and he likes when I do that. No, what it really was, was he didn't realize we were recording late this week. So it was a dig thinking that we had missed the Benioff and Wise news and the trailer news. So it was an attempt to troll us, which didn't work. Oh, that motherfucker. That motherfucking <laughs> fucker. Trolling us? Oh, that is one big fuck you, Chris Resch. Speaking of, Brittany, you said something to me before the show. Well, I said something to you a couple nights ago and realized that I wasn't seeing Chris Fresh's stuff on my news feed. I'm like, what happened? And I guess I had him muted. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> so... I'll turn that around at fuck you, Brittany. But no, back to fuck you, Chris Fresh. Um, so 
I was listening to the episode that they most recently put out when um, they were talking about how I was I was curious about anal. And for some reason, like, that conversation, like, haunted my dreams to a point where I had a dream that someone was shoving a quesadilla up my ass consensually. <laughs> that seems like an odd choice of food to use. And that's what you're telling me. It was one of those where... I, I was in bed and I woke up and I, I saw Carlos and I'm like, I had a dream you shoved a quesadilla up my ass. <laughs> I was gonna ask who was I was gonna ask who was doing the shoving. It's yeah. nice that you're you're even in your dreams you're loyal to your boyfriend. I know because I hate when I have dreams when I'm not because then it's like I feel bad and he's like, Why do you feel bad about cheating on me in your dreams? Fucking go for it. I'm like, I know, but it just it's weird but anyways yeah so and i i know exactly like the the place the quesadilla that the re- that it was from like you know how you look at foods and you're like that's a mcdonald's burger that's a i know exactly where that quesadilla came from why it was shut up my ass i don't know but i mean that seems was, like a lot of work frankly i mean you can just like roll it up and kind of like a burrito you know and just i guess but it's but it's like it it's not firm yeah, so I, I don't know if it was just like we were like testing out shit or something, but I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just vividly remember a quesadilla being shoved up my ass and I'm blaming Chris Fresh on that. Oh, he's going to be so proud of himself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's all I have to contribute to fuck you, Chris Fresh. Do you have anything else to contribute other than him trolling us? God, I, I really thought, I, or I read that tweet and I'm like, oh, that's cool he's excited to hear what we were thinking but like now like knowing the context of the tweet oh no i'm more annoyed that i didn't realize it but of course i didn't realize it because we're recording tonight so it just didn't even occur to me yeah and you know i i went on itunes recently and i i left them a very nice review a very nice review Well, that review can be for Mitch and Jonesy, the other two co-hosts of the Geek Dudes podcast, who are both very lovely people. They really are. Like, Mitch with his hats. And his blacksmithing? Yeah, we're forming, like, a little, like, blacksmith town, right? Like, I'm going to be, like, the commune. Yeah, I'm going to be like the Disney princess. I'm going to be like Sleeping Beauty ballroom dancing with like the mysterious lad in the in the forest while I'm talking to like my that, animal friends. I like that your job in the village is to contribute absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, I've somehow gone far in my years of living on this planet with contributing nothing. So I, I think I should <laughs> go on with that in this imaginary world. Yeah, but anyway, Mitch is delightful. Jonesy, also delightful. And Lady J, very delightful. Yes, Chris Fresh, monster. Yeah. But we genuinely have a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about. Unexpectedly. Like, Sunday night, I was... Maybe it was Monday. I was making notes for the episode, and I'm like, man, there is not much to talk about. And then 
there was an announcement there was going to be a new Mandalorian trailer, and that happened, and then other stuff happened. So let's jump in to the big surprising news first, and that is uh, Benioff and Weiss are no longer making this Star Wars trilogy or series or whatever it was they were going to be making. Hmm. That's surprising. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. So this came out um in an exclusive from Deadline uh Monday night, which is last night when we're recording this. And the official word anyway is that it's a scheduling thing. They signed their big, you know, nine-figure deal with Netflix. And so they do not have time to make these Star Wars movies. What what was your immediate thought? Emily must be very happy right now. Okay, I don't know. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that was really my first thought. I was surprised. I, n- number one, I knew that was like the biggest thing in the Star Wars community right now was that a lot of people were not very happy with Benioff and Weiss. And I don't know, like, I try to stay neutral in that whole situation. So I'm just like, okay, like, hopefully, like, something will change or they'll, you know, admit that, you know, maybe. Maybe they they were wrong about some things, but no, they decided to go to the some convention thing and talk about how they, they didn't listen to fans when, you know, they would suggest things and how Game of Thrones was just like fancy film school. So I don't know. So when I heard this news, I wasn't very surprised, but mm, I don't know. I, I still don't know what I think about this because part of me is like everyone's so happy that they're no longer doing Star Wars because of what they did with Game of Thrones. But, like, I'm very neutral what they did with Game of Thrones. So I'm, like, the, like, 1% in the palm that's like, you know, this is fine, but it could have been better. But I get it. And I'm happy for all those people who really didn't like them and what direction they could have gone with Star Wars. But I'm just happy that we're giving Star Wars to someone who actually has time for it, you know, because Star Wars should be your, like, main priority, you know? It's like when you first get in a relationship and the asshole's like, oh, my friends come first. And then you're just like, what about me? I should have come first. Like, you're Star Wars. You come first, you know? Okay. What do you think? Uh, I've been waiting for this announcement really um and partially that was probably just me being hopeful but I wasn't I wasn't exactly shocked uh I don't know I the the whole (laughs) there are some people speculating that this was actually because of that uh, panel that they did. 
I don't think that's the case simply because of how quickly it happened. I think that might have contributed to the timing of the announcement in terms of it could have been Lucasfilm was like, we're getting a ton of shit about these guys who are no longer making movies for us. So can we please announce that we're no, they're no longer making movies for us? I I can see that being an influence on it, or it could be a they were still hoping to somehow work out the timing and the scheduling, and then this was sort of the you know final nail where they're like, okay, maybe it's not worth fighting on this for these guys. I don't know, but. I really dislike them. I mean, the whole, like, look, look, the not listening to fans thing, I'm sort of like, well, whatever. The... utter lack of self-awareness in terms of their own privilege was astounding in that panel. Yeah... I don't know. I just, I hope in all of this, they learn from the mistakes they've made or. They're not going to, how are you, how do you learn from mistakes you made when the shit that you did got you a nine figure deal with a production company? I don't know. Maybe they'll have their coming to Jesus moment. I, I kind of hope. I don't I, know. It. I mean, they are, they are the epitome of people failing upwards you read the shit that they were talking about in this panel and it is astounding that game of thrones was as good as it was at least in in in, in my opinion for the first couple seasons uh, although i i jumped off that show way before a lot of people did i jumped off the show basically when um, martin stuff was done and they were doing their own thing is where i went oh i don't like what these guys have to say about anything what was weird is just the way they approach story really bothers me. I mean, there was that stupid comment from a while back, and I don't remember whether it was Dan or David, but the one about how, oh, themes are for eighth grade book reports. And this panel sort of doubled down on a lot of that, where they were asked about about character and stuff, and they just sort of brushed it off and this seemingly did not care that they didn't understand the motivations of any of the characters or or any sort of like the driving forces of the show in terms of the stories that the books were telling it it's it's a remarkable bit of of arrogance and yeah, they just seem like real fucking assholes. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I'm glad that Star Wars is hopefully going to go to someone who appreciates it and who, you know, doesn't say all the things that, you know, they might have said that pissed off a lot of people or, you know, is actually like what we're looking for, what the fans are looking for from 
a writing perspective and not Dave Filoni. Um, I don't know. I saw something going around about like how Dave Filoni should be directing or should be writing a Star Wars thing. And I'm like, that cool. Like, I, I we're all entitled to our own opinions, but I just, I don't know if that's like the best for Lucasfilm. I just, I think that we should get some new perspectives other than, you know, person that's been there since 2005, you know? Also, I think it was, I think it was Chris Willis, our friend who I saw, who retweeted one of those saying, one of the, the tweets saying that Dave Filoni should get to do a trilogy being like, no, Dave Filoni makes stuff for hardcore obsessive Star Wars fans, which is not what you want in somebody running your main film trilogy because you need to appeal to a broader audience. Yeah, there we go. Like, I respect that. I respect, you know, all the people that, you know, want Dave Filoni to do a Star Wars. But, I mean, Dave Filoni already has done Star Wars. He's done Star Wars Rebels. He's done Star Wars Clone Wars. Like, I would like to see someone, you know, do Star Wars whose perspective we've never gotten before. You know, like, that would be amazing to me. That'd be amazing to a lot of people. I don't know. I just want everyone to be happy. And I feel like we're we're on that course right now like i hope it stays that way i hope they you know choose someone wisely to develop the next trilogy that we're gonna get what i'm really 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 hoping is that it bumps up ryan's trilogy yeah or whatever ryan's doing it just it's interesting about this whole letting go of people. Like I feel like uh Disney's reign of Star Wars is really like we kind of don't really know what's happening anymore. I feel like a lot of these directors leave or something happens, which I mean, I get it, it's for the best, but I just don't know why this is happening so much. Well, the thing to remember is this shit happens all the time we're just not normally so aware of it people drop in and out of projects constantly it's the nature of the beast uh part of the problem is that lucasfilm makes these big grand announcements because they were so excited that they got the game of thrones guys like that was a big get for them that it's this big fanfare. So of course people are also going to pay a lot of attention when that ends up exploding. And so it's this thing where I I really want to know what's going on in Star Wars. I want to know what the future of Star Wars is. But to a certain degree... especially with a fandom like the Star Wars fandom, I, th- I think it can also cause you a lot of problems because it, it gives this impression of instability and chaos when really a lot of that is just the natural movie cycle. Yeah. Hmm. 
so I don't know what the answer is from from that. Like I feel that Lucasfilm is in a really hard place there, where the fans are constantly badgering them about what's going on, and they want to reassure people that Star Wars has a future and Star Wars has a big future, and they're really focused on it. But that also means we get nights like last night. I guess that's true. And I almost feel like the sequel trilogy was probably the easiest thing that they could have done. It's like they knew they had to finish out the Skywalker saga or create a name for the saga. So this was the easiest part. 789, done. Mandalorian, on its way. Like now is their biggest challenge to see what they can do and how they can do it. And there's going to be bumps in the road. But I do agree with you that because we are so invested in this, you know, community and of knowing news, of course we know news like this. Like, you know, for instance, like before joining this community, I had no idea about the Star Wars Underworld show that was supposed to happen. Like I didn't know shit. And like now I just I feel like I know so much that I forget that, oh, yeah, like, this is things that not a lot of Star Wars fans know. Like, I was listening to the radio today, and they are talking about, like, oh, the Game of Thrones series was canceled. And I was thinking, well, why didn't they mention that? Oh, yeah, by the way, the Game of Thrones dudes were going to do a Star Wars movie, and that's canceled, too. But then, of course, now I remember, oh, yeah, because people, it's not really a widely known thing. We do know a lot in this community. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where we go from here. But I'm I'm just I'm really glad I don't have to fucking watch whatever shit they were gonna do. I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't need Star Wars from the perspective of Duty was able to get the job that he got because his dad was a headhunter at Goldman Sachs or whatever. Like, I just, I don't, I don't need it. Give me, give me yeah. somebody with a real perspective. There we go. So now I'm happy for, you know, all those people who, like you, have been waiting for this news for a long time. Everyone wins, sort of, in this situation. So they're doing something on Netflix now? That's what they're doing? They have a big exclusive, like, I don't know, like five-year, ten-year production deal with them or something. But yeah, nine figures. Mm. So, fuck those guys forever. We'll see what they do and if it... I just... Too busy yeah. for Star Wars? I don't know, man. That's kind of the thing I like about Star Wars fans working on Star Wars movies is that, you know, they know how important Star Wars is. Like, it's a big deal. Like, everyone knows what Star Wars is. You know? Like, Netflix. Like, people know what Netflix is, too. But, like, 
I'm I'm biased here. I don't know. The nine figure deal, I understand. I don't know. Look, look. I don't need I don't need people to be a huge Stowers fan. Um I'm fine with uh Tony Gilroy doing stuff for the casting show after he was brought in for the Rogue One we right. So I think having somebody who isn't totally invested in it in terms of having a specific idea of what Star Wars is can be good. But I I just think it's it's not their priorities in terms of Star Wars, it's their priorities in terms of craft and story that I had a problem with. And also the uh, like the only way they could develop female characters was to have them be sexually assaulted. So there's other issues with them. Well, we no longer have to relive those issues and we don't have to think about it anymore. That, you know, people that did things a certain way that you didn't like aren't going to do something like Star Wars like that because they're not even Star Wars anymore. They're too busy. Yeah, it's much easier to ignore people working on Netflix shit because Netflix puts out a billion original series every week and have them they don't even promote and I don't even know about. Exactly. I can't even tell them apart. I don't know who's Benioff and I don't know who's Weiss. So now I don't have to care. Yeah. But yeah, so that yeah, that was good. I was happy. Um we'll see what happens next. But in happy about it or not, in more positive Star Wars news, there is a new Mandalorian trailer as part of Disney Plus ramping up their promotion because the streaming service launches in two weeks. Yeah. What'd you think of the trailer? It is mm, probably my least favorite of the trailers for Mandalorian so far. Even with the amount of Warner Herzog? Well, I liked the Werner stuff. Uh, although quite a bit of it we had heard before uh, during the celebration stuff. They'd reuse some of that. I was happy for that. I w- thought it was cool at the end we hear the Mandalorian, which I was not expecting. Um... I'm actually kind of not sure on that. I, I almost feel like maybe they should have left that for the show, but I get it. it. I don't know. For some reason, this one felt a little bit chintzy to me. Like a little bit cheap. I don't know, though. I mean, we got a lot of interesting information from this trailer you know like we got the battle droids do you see the battle droids i did 
and then like the battle droid ship like what the fuck are the battle droids doing here like what are they doing we, we don't know and then there's that moment when that one woman from the uh, entertainment weekly article is like touching his helmet like is that the mandalorian's girlfriend i don't know i'm interested in her now and we're just seeing so many of these characters or seeing that one dude that you like that's name i can't think of i, I don't know i just get Carla so excited yes we're just getting all this new information and it just excites me even more so like even like I didn't even have time to think like which trailer I like the best. Like I think more than anything, I I think I like that like ten minute scene that we got at celebration. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I think the one thing that worried me, and this is just, I'm hesitant to say paranoia. I or pessimism. I will say. It is more learned experience. Is that scene when she's taken off the Mandalorian's helmet? I my first thought was, if they fridge this character, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Uh, for those who don't fridging, uh, it's I think it was Gail Simone who coined the term. I'm not sure. It is women in refrigerators it's the idea of when a female character is killed off for the sole purpose of driving the male character's story and it comes from i oh is it green lantern it's either Green Lantern or The Flash. I don't remember which one, and I'm not going to look it up right now because I'm a bad podcaster. But it was literally the girlfriend being murdered and stuffed in a refrigerator for the character to find. Shit. Yeah. And it, generally, it's, you know, a not particularly well developed character and her death has nothing to do with her or her own agency it's it's simply to give the male character uh, you know like a driving revenge story and i am extremely concerned about that here you don't think john favreau would do that to us do you I I don't know. It's it happens a lot. It happens from people who should definitely know better. But they obviously don't because it keeps they keep doing it. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. But I, I don't I don't know Favreau's stuff well enough to know whether that's a thing to be concerned about or not. But it was at the forefront of my mind when I saw that bit in the trailer. So fingers crossed it's not. Fingers crossed she's a real character with her own drives and motivations. But it was my first, ooh, I'm concerned thing on this show. 
Yeah. I think I'm just really excited to see Gina Carano because she doesn't look like all of the other women that are in Star Wars. And that's really nice to see that she's not like extremely skinny and even though she's brunette, like just that makes me really happy because like there's always these like skinny ass people in Star Wars and like that's not possible for everyone in like a a world to be like super skinny and like fit and shit. Well, she's no. very fit. Exactly. But like she's not like I don't know. I just She's she's has muscle. Yeah. It's really cool seeing that. And I'm really excited to see that in a character in Star Wars. A female character in Star Wars. I don't know, that's what I was getting at. I just, I, just seeing her in that trailer had me think like, I'm really happy we're we're seeing this. I'm I'm excited for her. I'm excited for that character. I I don't know. I think it's just that I'm, we're getting to two weeks away, and so my anxiety is starting to come out. I'm just ready for this month to be fucking over. Like, bring on November so I can start listening to Christmas music and put all the fucking pumpkins away. You know that pumpkins are not a legal requirement, right? I know, but, like, they're, like, the requirement of a Halloween decoration area. So, like, you know, you go somewhere... You know, you go to the store or something, you're going to see pumpkins. You're going to walk in, you're going to see that big bin of, oh, buy these pumpkins or something. Like, just everything orange. Like, I know my hair is orange, but just everything orange can, like, go starting November 1st. Okay. I don't like Christmas to usurp Halloween and Thanksgiving well then we'll we'll meet in the middle you know like we'll mix the two colors together you know like Thanksgiving colors or like you know like kind of like a dark green like a brown like there's no Thanksgiving songs so which is a good thing I got I think we gather together as a Thanksgiving song. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, it's certainly a song I associate with Thanksgiving. I don't really know what else I associate with Thanksgiving other than, you know, like the big feast and yeah, the parades. Yeah. yeah. Food is amazing. Yeah. So Christmas can wait. Sorry, Chris Fresh. Christmas can wait. I mean, it's different in Australia because they don't have Thanksgiving. But here, Christmas can wait. Uh, oh, yeah. So, like, they just, like, go straight on to Christmas. So, like, that's why. <laughs> God damn it. So, that's why it's so easy for them to transition into Halloween to Christmas. Like, basically, November 1st for them is Christmas. So I mean, they if just you're get like a whole month 
do if you're a crazy if you're if you're a crazy person yes well then even though fuck you chris fresh still stands i am part of the craziness i guess i don't know i i think i'm just really excited to like have the holidays again because like the last two god the last 500 years i've been like in school and studying like my finals last year were, were awful i almost died it was bad but like now i get the holidays back and it's just it's so nice you know being able to like sit down at the table and not have to worry about like a final due or a paper due or you know having to think about studying for something like now I'm just thinking about when I'm getting a job where I'm going with my life but you know other than that I'm just really excited for the holidays Emily I get that I almost started listening to Christmas music this month. Oh, I can't. I, I can't do it. I think I think it's partially having worked in retail for years that made me have a very limited tolerance for Christmas music. I love Christmas music, but it needs to be at Christmas time. Because working at a grocery store and working at Starbucks and shit, it was eight-hour shifts of the same eight Christmas songs starting probably November 1st. And there's only so many times you can hear a little drummer boy before you want to stab yourself in the ear. But have you heard the Michael Bolton version of Drummer Boy? I've heard a million versions of Little Drummer Boy. They all fucking suck. It's a terrible song. I feel that way with, like, the off-brand Christmas songs, like if it's not on the now that that's what I call Christmas album, it's not a fucking Christmas song. Including you, Beyonce. I don't know. At my old work, we used to have like the Christmas playlist, and it was never any like genuine Christmas songs. It wasn't like the classics. It was like a glee version of something but i say glee but even though like i kind of enjoy their christmas album but it was like beyonce would do something like nsync like that their god-awful christmas song uh, i'm trying to think who else but just like give me like the real stuff like the classic stuff you know the stuff that your parents were probably playing you know like i want that stuff you know i mostly just want burl lives Burlives can sing Holly Jolly Christmas. And then I'm good to go. There we go. However, there's still a shit ton of Star Wars stuff to talk about. Yes. Including more Mandalorian stuff. Yeah. So, there was this article on Entertainment Weekly. That says, The Mandalorian opens with a major revelation about the Star Wars universe. According to New York Times, the first episode of the Disney Plus series contains a dramatic Star Wars universe spoiler. In addition, Disney announced Monday that while advanced screeners will be made available to the media for its other new shows, The Mandalorian will not be pre-screened before its November 12th premiere in order to protect any surprises and plot twists. 
Members of the media have previously seen roughly half-hour clips from the show, but not a full episode. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I realize this is pedantic. It really fucking annoyed me. If it's something we see in the show, it's not a spoiler. It's not what a spoiler is. Like, in the movie, when Vader says, no, I am your father, that's not a spoiler. <laughs> that's the revelation that we learn on screen that affects the story. So what do you think it is? I don't know. I'm very curious. I'm willing to to stipulate it could be something very big, something that changes what we know about Star Wars, something that affects other Star Wars. Even if it affects other Star Wars, still not a spoiler. I'm very curious as to what it is, though. No idea at all. And I'm glad. I'm glad I have no idea. I don't even know sort of the area of which this could be. What if, like, I'm trying to think, like, something having to do with Boba Fett. Like, what if Boba Fett is, like, orchestrating Star Wars? Like, he is the reason why, like, all this shit in the galaxy is going on. Like, Boba Fett, that's why. No, I really don't know. Like, what what the fuck is it, you know? And they were saying, what, that they haven't really shown anyone, like, the full episode yet. That us viewers are going to be... I don't believe that. Like, someone has to... There has to be well, a handful of fucking people that I've seen. They're not saying that nobody's seen it. People who've worked on the show have seen it. They're saying the, the media who often get screeners for things aren't getting a screener for this. Oh. Well, then, that's good. I... Because even though media is media, they're fucking sneaky. Like, they can't be quiet about spoilers. So maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. And um, partially they might be overstating this to sort of drive up excitement for the show but who knows maybe it actually is a big star wars universe altering fact yeah who knows i'm excited though what two weeks left yeah I don't know now, like, if we should, like, wait to record on, like, because when do you think it's going to be re released on Tuesday? I mean, but that's the thing is that the whole app is launching on two Tuesdays from now. How the fuck is that going to happen? I don't think it is because Disney is not very good at that kind of stuff. You know, like, with D23, like, they canceled the queuing in the fake lines for like two days you know what i they 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 have to get this right i don't know i mean you know me like i'm the biggest disney stand there ever was but i just i i don't know how they're gonna do it i'm gonna be surprised if it goes with no problems well also i've just never i realize i've never 
had something like this where I was in it, like day and date. It, it, Netflix had existed for a while before I had Netflix. And Hulu existed for a while before I had Hulu. And so I don't know how that's going to work. I just wish whoever is in charge of it, good luck. Because there's going to be a lot of angry people. There's going to be those angry people on Twitter that are like, my thing's not working. What the fuck is this? You know, I don't know. It's like going on right now. Like, I'm in this, like, Facebook group page, like, for this the town I live in. And everyone's complaining because, like, they're turning off the power. But, like, they're turning off the power to prevent wildfires. And then so everyone's just complaining about no power. But it, I don't know. I just I hate when that happens or you know those people that post when there's an earthquake like I get there's an earthquake I don't need 50 people being like was there just an earthquake you know and I feel like that's going to happen with like the Disney plus is everyone's going to be like hey is is your Disney plus working I just wish there was like one big thread of just that question instead of just seeing it all over maybe then don't be part of that Facebook group it's so entertaining though like people fight and like over like the craziest stuff you know like oh there's another mexican food place being put here why do we need so many mexican food places i'm trying to think of other like silly fights but i don't know it's pure entertainment emily but sometimes it can be unbearable like now you know like i i'm sorry the power's out like there's nothing i can do about it like the power was out at my work the other day and i still had to work and i blue fuse because i turned on the heater but that's another story i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this i just neither do i i i just hope that disney has a smooth sailing for the day of and i just hope it works for everyone because i just i hate seeing people struggling and shit so let's not have that disney So what else? Uh, there were a couple of Mandalorian character posters. Nothing too exciting there. The Ugnaught is there. Yeah, they're really fucking pushing that Ugnaught. No fucking Moff Gideon, though. Really getting annoyed. Hmm. I don't know, it's like on every other fucking Star Wars thing, the villain is super fucking prominent. And that has not been the case with Mandalorian, and I'm... I'm annoyed with that. Because, I don't know, apart from Rogue One, this is the thing where I'm the most interested in the villains. Maybe the Ugnaught oh, yeah. is a bad guy. Look at that. I mean, maybe. Don't be speciesist, just because he's the fucking Ugnaught looking guy doesn't mean he's bad. So who plays the Ugnaught again? Uh, what's his name? Mugshot dude, Nolte. right? Nick right. Nolte. Did they like make him kind of look like the Ugnaught? Because like I can like see him in the Ugnaught. I think Nick Nolte just sort of looks like an Ugnaught anyway. Okay, I didn't want to be offensive towards um towards the man, but yeah, I just I'm looking at the Ugnaught now and just. It looks like him. Like, I'm thinking of that mugshot that he had in, like, 2000-something. 
I don't know though. I just I'm in IG eleven looks really good. I wonder if we're gonna see the Mandalorian like without the helmet on. I think we will at some point. I don't think we're gonna see him without the helmet much. Yeah. I just can't wait for I, I just can't believe we're getting this. Like a TV show. Star Wars TV show. <sighs> Live action. Star Wars TV show. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I really hope it's good. It's going to be. If it's not, I'm going to feel really, really bad for you. <laughs> I want to be I want to be so upset if the show is not good, which is a bad way to go into a show. I had been resisting that. I've been like, oh, it's okay. I don't have any expectations of the show, but it turns out I totally do have lots of expectations for this show. Yeah. I don't know. You have two weeks, Emily. Two weeks, and then you'll see it, and then you'll get an opinion of it, and I hope you like it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Well, I don't know. If it's bad if it's bad, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Exactly. And I'll cross that bridge with you and try to ease your pain. <laughs> uh, we also got a little bit on Obi-Wan with starting to shoot next summer it's going to be six episodes which definitely sounds like it's a one and done thing um, Hugh McGregor has been doing the rounds talking about with this and I'm assuming it's while well. he's been doing promo for um Dr. Sleep but he was doing an interview with Men's Journal and he said the storyline sits between episode 3 and episode 4. The Jedi Order was falling apart. It will be interesting to take a character we know in a way and show him well his arc will be quite interesting. I think dealing with the fact that all the Jedi were slaughtered with the end of episode 3 it's quite something to get over. Andy knows what direction he wants to take the character. I want to get closer and closer to how Obi-Wan felt when, while Alt Guinness was playing him. I feel like I'm grayer and nearer him in age, so it'll be easier to do that. I don't know. I, th I think he still looks the same as he did in th 2005. Oh, I think he's so much more attractive now. Really? Yeah, I think he's somebody who has aged very well. He has. He's a handsome devil. Yeah, I saw him, like, uh, he was on the clip, or he was on the Ellen show, which is really weird because, like, Ellen's been doing this thing lately where it's, like, she just doesn't show up to her own show. Like, Ellen, it's not the Ellen show if Ellen's not there. Like, I, cool that you have, like, Howie Mandel and whoever the fuck else, like, replacing you, but, I mean, like, show up to your own show, Ellen. So, yeah, he was there and he was just talking about how he had to lie to people for, like, years and be like, oh, well, I'm waiting on the phone call. But he actually had the phone call. So and he was just waiting on the uh, go time. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but it's happening. Yeah, I'm okay with it being like a six episode thing. Like, I'm just glad we're getting Obi-Wan. Like, I don't care how long we have him for, or even if it's just like a cameo. I'm just blessed to be in the presence of Obi-Wan. Yeah, and we're still we're still quite a ways off in this, and we still don't know even when they're shooting for it to actually be on. So it's a long journey on that one, but it'll be interesting to get tidbits as we get them. Exactly. Um, other stuff. So there was a um bit from the new book Resistance Reborn out and it features Wedge quite prominently. He's also on the final edition of the cover of that book. I didn't read the section that they put up because I don't like to read parts of books before I read the book. Are you going to read this book? Yeah, definitely. This is the this is the book that I'm interested in. Mm. Well, I mean, Wedge is you, you think that Wedge is going to be in the Rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah, we we know that he is, don't we? I think so. I just assume so. I thought that they had announced that. That's Ewan McGregor's uncle. Yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, I, I'm glad people are excited for it. I'm not, I don't have anything against him. I just, I, I just don't give a shit. Really? I just don't have any attachment to the character. Hmm. I don't either, but like, I just thought it was funny yeah. that. You mentioned it in the notes, and I'm like, oh, cool. Like, she's, ex- I saw it as Emily's excited for Wedge. No, that was just me. Like, we do a fucking Star Wars podcast. I was really interested in the Star Wars discussion. I don't I give a shit about Wedge. I mean, look, if this wasn't a thing, I'd never would have thought about Wedge ever again. Like, it never would. I wouldn't have ever thought, oh, I wonder what happened to Wedge. Never would have occurred to me. I think you're secretly in love with Wedge like how you secretly went on a Hawaiian vacation with my boyfriend see now here's the problem is that is something we talked about before the recording and so now people are just gonna be really fucking confused when have I ever been secretive about my love for a character now right now like I should have saw the signs, you know, you like older Star Wars characters and that's Wedge right now. Wedge is an older Star Wars character. Yeah, he is now. Yeah. He wasn't back when he was actually a character. He was older, like he was older than, you know, like Luke and Leia and Han, you know, he was that like, maybe like the one who got away. I don't I, I I could barely even tell you what Wedge does. Like I just I don't care about him. 
it's fine. People like them. People are excited. Good for them. I'm I don't, not against it. I just don't care. I mean, what if you read this novel and like fall in love with Wedge and you see him in the movie and just get like really excited and then like all of a sudden like you're a Wedge girl. Like Wedge is your man. I'd support that. Well, first of all, there is only one person who I have that sort of devotion to. It's not going to be Wedge. I know. I'm just trying to get you into the McGregor family so I can meet you and... Okay. Well, that also... That goes beyond me loving the character. There's a lot of steps between that and you, like, hanging out with Ian McGregor, I gotta tell you. A lot of steps, but I can orchestrate them well. Like, who knows? Like, maybe the next, like, meetup we're all gonna have. Oh, what's Wedge doing here? Hey, Wedge! Where'd you come from? Like, I don't know. Like, I think... I don't think he's gonna appreciate if you just call him Wedge. Okay. Insert name here. Dennis Lawson? Yeah. Is that right? Dennis. Yeah, sure. Dennis. Like, maybe you and Dennis are, like, perfect for each other. We never know. Like, I, I'm sorry, Emily. I'm just trying to set you up with a Star Wars character. Why Why Wedge, though? I don't know. Like, he's British, right? I mean, couldn't you, like, fucking set me up with Mendo or something? But maybe it's the journey to Mendo. You know how they have, like, the journey to, like, the journey to... Like Star Wars or to the next movie. Like this is the journey of Mendo. You have to hit some speed bumps on the way to Mendo. Maybe this is one of your speed bumps. He's older than my parents. Emily, there are speed bumps you have to go across to get to your destination. Mendo is the destination. I just, I don't know quite what that line is. And I'm uncomfortable with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, how was Mendo doing? We haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, he's got a HBO show coming out in January. Isn't he doing that like one movie with uh, Robert Pattinson and who else? You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, fucking. Let me look it up. Trailer was apparently really good. That's what uh, Carlos is telling me. Um, it's Ben Mendelsohn, Robert Pattinson. Oh my god! I was uh, I walked in the living room the other night, and my dad was watching the Mendel Robin Hood. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> memories like I I was like I I almost told him like yeah you know like Emily and I we have a segment on our podcast and we (laughs) review movies and we review this movie and he's like oh why I'm like oh there's this like specific actor in it that we both really like we like his work and Uh, he's got a Netflix movie coming out next month but I don't think he's in it very much the king yeah, I don't think he's in it much. Because he's like the king who dies. And then it's about his son. Oh, that's so sad. Johnny Depp's daughter's in it. So is 
Joel Edgerton, Robert Pattinson, Timothy Chamolet. Oh, I didn't think I didn't see. I didn't realize that was what I'm talking about because I didn't realize Pattinson was in that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Mendo's in it much, but he has long hair. Interesting. Did you ever watch Twilight? Um, I've watched it with commentary from We Hate Movies. God, I remember when that was like the biggest thing. Like my mom would take me out of school and my sister and I would go to the theaters and watch like the, the Twilight movies. You skipped school to go see Twilight? Got out early. Or if it was like a half day, we would go to the movie theater right next to the call or the high school. Those were good times, Emily. Even though, wow. even though the movies are awful, I guess. I mean, it was really interesting when they, I don't want to say added Taylor Lautner, but like gave Taylor Lautner like the movie makeover because, you know, during all that was when, you know, he did Taylor Swift and he's kind of the reason why Speak Now was an album. But, but back to seriousness like it's just it's interesting the whole edward versus jacob thing and how big that was in pop culture were you team edward or team jacob i was team too old but if you were to choose a team let's say we're we're back it's 2010 and you're watching this movie for the first time. Which team are you on? Um, Probably Jacob up until the point where he falls in love with a baby. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, isn't that just so... Those books are so <laughs> fucked in terms of their... The, the, like, the views on, on sexuality and romance and relationships... I mean, I get that she's Mormon, but holy shit, they are fucked. Like, the messages are so gross. Yeah, they're, they're probably why my high school diary was really, like, fucked up. But, um, yeah, but, I mean, if we wouldn't have Twilight, well, I was trying to spe- say a positive, but this is kind of a negative if Twilight didn't exist, we wouldn't have Fifty Shades of Grey because basically Fifty Shades of Grey is like a not version. basically. It was Twilight fan fiction. Yeah, crazy how fan fiction works. I just I feel like there should be a lot. Like I don't know. I feel like who wrote Twilight? It was Stephanie Meyer, right? Yeah. I almost feel like she should get all the money from Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, no, I take the back. Um, the person who wrote that fan fiction. Where are they? What are they doing? I hope they're doing well. I hope they're mad that a big franchise was created and book franchise or whatever because they were writing some fan fiction. No, they re- they rewrote their own fan fiction to be original characters. The fan fiction took off, and then she rewrote it to be original characters and published it. Oh, so that was her that wrote the fan fiction. E.L. James wrote fan fiction for Twilight. That was alternate universe 
what if everybody's a human and into really poorly researched BDSM. And it took off. And then she had the idea of, well, if I just change the names of the characters, then it can be an original work and I can make money off of it. That makes so much more sense. It wasn't like fan fiction of fan fiction. Oh, that's what I thought it was. No. Also, some of the worst depiction of BDSM you'll find in literature or movies. But that's a different story and we've already been recording for like an hour. So that can be a different day discussion. Yeah, I remember in college I wrote like a paper on BDSM and basically said that don't watch fucking Fifty Shades of Grey because that's fucking not what BDSM is. Watch so. Secretary. I'll write that down. Oh my god. Fucking James Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal and holy goddamn. It's super fucking hot and also very sweet and touching and although it's got some troubling stuff in it that maybe doesn't quite hold up I don't know haven't seen it in a while there's also some really good stuff in terms of consent and aftercare and it's just super fucking hot hmm. I'll add that to my list of movies that I need to watch oh since oh god October is already over I didn't watch any spooky movies oh well um are there any movies that I should be watching soon? I mean, now that Disney Plus is like, is there a movie on Disney Plus that you think that I should have watched by this point in my life? I, I don't know. I'd have to look at the list again. Let me know because I think it's, I haven't reviewed a movie in a long time. I think since Crash. <laughs> I don't think that Disney has anything like Crash on their streaming service, unfortunately. Probably not. Oh, okay. So, word. Do you want to talk about resistance? No, let's just save it for next week. Uh, I'm not gonna. Uh, these like episodes three and four. They were okay. Doesn't seem like anything important or stuff that I cared about happened. I just wish I liked these people. That's all I'm gonna say. I yeah. like Buggles. Bubbles or Buggles? Buggles. I think he's kind of creepy. I don't like his legs. I think his legs make him creepy looking. You just hate legs. Like, you hate the legs on the stuffed animal father. You hate the legs on Buggles. Like, Emily, I love Buggles. I actually do. I think he's really cute. I want a boggles. Okay, so we got some email. Mm-hmm. And we got a oh. Fuck Mary Kill from Catherine Neen, who is amazing. We love her. Dearly. And it is an all Poe edition of Fuck Mary Kill. And it is Episode 7, Poe, and his flight suit. Is that episode 8, Poe, and his sweet leather jacket, and his brown pants? And then it is 9, 
scarfed Poe. Look at that bulge. <laughs> Sorry, I was just focusing on the scarf, but okay. Oh, I was too, but then I looked down and I, I, I saw a bulge. Um, This is difficult because I haven't watched The Force Awakens in a long time. So I feel like because of that, I have to kill episode seven Poe. Um, I'll fuck episode... Oh, sorry. I'll fuck episode eight Poe. I have to marry episode nine Poe because that's the best of all the Poes. I want the Poe in his best. And I feel like episode nine will be him at his best. So I, I want to be married to that. I want to be married to the best. Yeah, I would I would say marry episode nine Poe. I mean, episode nine Poe is super goddamn hot. The scarf. Love it. Also really like the gloves. Uh, I think we're going to see episode nine Poe is going to have his his cockiness and his arrogance shaved down a little bit after everything that went down in The Last Jedi. He's going to really step into his serious leader position. So I marry him. Now, I think... Lather Jacket Poe is hotter than Flight Suit Poe. Mm-hmm. But but that's also Arrogant Poe who got a whole bunch of people killed and also started a mutiny and was kind of a dick. And, well, there's plenty of kind of a dick that I'm attracted to. I, I kind of just don't want to reward that. And he still got the cocky arrogance in Force Awakens. But it's not quite as bad. So I think I'm going to fuck Force Awakens Poe and kill Last Jedi Poe. Hmm. Good perspective. Thank you, Kathleen. Kathleen? <laughs> I need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kathleen Kennedy did not send us that fuck right kill. You know, like, I said it, and I'm like, why does that sound wrong? Catherine, I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> Maybe I'm just thinking of Kathleen Kennedy, but God. I just love you, Catherine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, we got an email from Tom. Yes, and I was very excited about this one because the uh, the subject line in this was Swedish connection. And Tom says, just writing to say I'm one of your Swedish listeners, although I'm actually from Australia, so I'm not sure that counts. I heard you guys on Steel Wars and also heard you mentioned a lot on Geek Dudes, so that's how I started listening to the show. Not all that mysterious, but there it is. All right, thanks for the show. In parentheses, not King, Tom. Thank you, Tom. No, it's so glad to know because we had noticed we were like not super high or anything, but we were on the charts on the Swedish iTunes like television and movies category, and we were just wondering what was going on. It totally counts, Tom, because you're in Sweden, and whether you are actually Australian or not, 
that that's where we're getting clicks from. And so I, we were just very curious as to how that happened. So thank you for writing in. Wow. He's the reason why we're on the charts. <laughs> it could just be, not it, Chris it could be the one person. I, I don't know how many, I don't know how the, the charts in, in Sweden, like, I don't know what their numbers are, but I feel like it could be the one dude listening to us could get us on the charts. Oh, mm. and by the way, Chris Fresh is totally going to take credit for that. I fucking know it. I was just about to be nice and be like, yeah, thanks, Chris Fresh, for helping us gain listeners. But no, thank you to Mitch and Jonesy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting the shunning um, or the muting. Like, I, I guess we're muting him in real life now. No, because I want to be able to yell at him. Well, you can yell at him. I think I'm still muting because I I don't yell. So I just, you know, when he tags me in a make solo to happen post, I say thank you, but no. I mean, but you did. You have already said fuck you, Chris Fest, like several times this episode. I have, but you have to do that. That's like part of life. You have to say fuck you to Chris Fresh. That's like, you know, you have to, you know, it's like you have to, you know, graduate high school, then like maybe go to college. You have to say fuck you for Chris Fresh. You know, it's like that. It's like you have to wake up every morning, go to work. You got to say fuck you, Chris Fresh. You know, you have to, you have to eat every day. You have to eat to survive. You have to drink water to survive. You have to say fuck you, Chris Fresh. To survive. Yeah, to survive. Okay. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Good. Glad to be on the same page. Um, Brittany, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. What about you, Emily? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The podcast is on Twitter at and Instagram at CantoBitePod. You can email us, CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts on things. Tell us if you're listening from somewhere that's not the U.S. or Australia. Um, you can send us a fuck, marry, kill like Catherine did. You can send us characters to do Bedwatch on. We haven't done Bedwatch in a while, but if you're new to the show, Bedwatch is we take a character and talk about what they would be like in bed. I don't know why it became a segment, but it did. And some people seem to enjoy it. And there you go. That's what our podcast is. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But uh, anything else? No, I, I think that has it. Or I, I think we're done. All right, then we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Uh oh, where is Firefox so I can turn this off? Sorry, my computer is doing the little spitty thing. Uh, Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Kanto bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show a place and win. These
These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kendall Bitch number one. Should know I've been down since day one.